Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. Welcome, everyone. This week, I'm so excited. We have Ronnie Mani here with us, who's the head of global employee advocacy at Adobe. She's really passionate about cultivating and nurturing communities and coaching others to do the same. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Alyssa. Happy to be here. And I love it. We were actually just talking, which I think is so interesting because it's advocacy and influence within your company that you work with a lot, as well as external with influencers. So I think it's so interesting, kind of the combination of both. You have a really cool job. Yeah, the best in the company. I was telling you that basically the two are the same, right? Whether you're cultivating and nurturing relationships to get people to come from uh, a place of not knowing much about the company to actually transitioning into an advocate, whether that's someone within the company or outside of the company, the the tactics are one and the same. So it makes sense to kind of do both hand in hand. Yeah. But I think there's uh, uh, people over rotate on the external because sometimes we don't often appreciate people right in our own backyard, right? But the reality is Adobe's got 22,000 employees and there are no better influencers who can advocate and evangelize for a company like our own. So, yeah. and I, it's interesting because companies forget that too, right? So if you're trying to hire you know, people and you're thinking about diversity, you're thinking about just different initiatives, your employees should be your biggest advocate, right? They should be able to sell the organization for you. Yes, yes, without much prodding, right? So to, to program it in such a way that organically they feel that kind of allegiance and loyalty, yeah. I think, amazing. So, I would love to know. Can you share one person you'd like to thank for making a really positive influence on who you are as a person and who you are professionally today? Well, you know, it's, it's incredible. I was blessed to work with Mother Teresa. What? Uh, yes, yes. When I was nineteen years old. I went on a trip to India uh, with a nonprofit organization called the Partnership in Service Learning. And there was about 10 of us, and we were stationed with Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity. And I was under the impression that we were there to do PR and, and fundraising. And much to my surprise, we got there, and there was Mother herself. And she handed us, I mean, she specifically handed me a rag and said, see this line of people. And they were, Alyssa, wrapped around the building. And she said, go help them die with dignity. And let me just tell you, my heart was coming out of my chest. I didn't know what dignity meant. And I mean, it has forever shaped me and changed who I am because ultimately, Nothing else really matters, right? When you're, um, her whole point to me was everybody has a story to tell. Your mission is to validate their existence. Make sure that despite whatever they're going through, I mean, think about being, taking your last breath and not really having anyone with you, you know? And her teaching 
was any one of us or probably one or two decisions away from that from that situation. So let's not judge, right? Because it could be any of us. And so, wow. yeah, I, I learned some of life's biggest and most cherished lessons right there. So if I could ever thank someone, it would be her. Yeah. I don't hear that every day. That's for sure. That's just incredible. Like to have that just experience to meet her and what a wonderful thing to learn. That's amazing. I'm like a little bit speechless. That's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was very, very blessed. I was with her. It was supposed to be, you know, a, a, a month uh, endeavor. I stayed there for a year. I was convinced I was going to be a nun. I was going to take over for her. Uh, but she absolutely convinced me to go back and her advice to me was go back and make as much money as you possibly can because your head and your heart are not mutually exclusive. She did not want me to go down the path she did where she felt like she went all heart. And so she was having to tin cup and everything. And she said, you know, when you've got money, you can make far more impact. And so um, she chased me out of there, but you know, it was amazing. If Mother Teresa says that, I feel like that's just a, something to really embrace because I think, I definitely think with my heart a lot um, and, you know, it's hard to kind of go with both, but that's it's a really interesting lesson. I'm like, again, just completely speechless. It's a really incredible experience. Yeah, truly and, was. And it's interesting. I think your career too with Adobe is just inspiring and your methods of bringing together teams. And I love your nickname of the Velvet Hammer. I just think that's so cool. Um, Kim, would you be able to share a little bit about your approach and what you do to describe this kind of positivity and, and power of positivity and possibility? Oh my gosh. I, I just feel like the quality of your thoughts and your words determine the quality of your life, mm -hmm. right? So I just vigilantly guard what I say and what I think about and what I allow others you know, the stories that I allow others to tell me that I believe. Yeah. Uh, I've just had the most magical uh, childhood, right? I grew up with parents that who were so um, uplifting. You know, I was born with cerebral palsy. And so um, with cerebral palsy, you know, especially born in, being born to Indian parents, there was this notion of when they found out in, in fetus that I was going to be disabled, my parents were under tremendous pressure to abort me because there was this notion that if you were born with a disability that somehow you had sinned in a past life and that you would not be able to be a contributing member of society and so it, it was a punishment and luckily my parents were able to escape all that scrutiny and my mother came on a full ride scholarship to for nursing to the US and we were able to um, you know, create a life for ourselves here. And mind you, we have tremendous allegiance and love for India, but that just happened to be the thinking and mindset at the time, you know. Right. And, um, but all through my childhood, I was just, it was instilled in me that you can be and do absolutely anything you put your mind to. And I, I'm living proof of that. And, and yet, when that perfection of childhood uh, when I left the perfection of that childhood and when it became apparent, the brainwashing began, right? Mm -hmm. Of very well-intentioned 
uh, cabinet of advisors, you know, telling me what they believe I should and shouldn't do, you know, oh, you probably, if you want to do education, why don't you do it as an online thing, you know, just so that you don't have to physically burden yourself with all the walking in campuses. If you want to volunteer, why don't you just give some money as opposed to go and volunteer with Mother Teresa, right? If you, you know, and so I, I've just, it, it's, it's very, it's my whole life has been a series of experiences around how if you open yourself up to positivity and possibility, that's what manifests. And if mm -hmm. you don't, the very opposite is available to you. So you get to choose. Yeah. I truly believe in so much of the power and positivity and I'm a really, really positive person. And sometimes it's, it's really hard because people think either it's fake or it's just, you know, this strange, why are you always so positive? There has to be something negative. And it's not about not being realistic. It's just about choosing to see the positive in different situations. Bad things are going to happen, you know, situations happen, but I'm completely with you. It's about how we view those situations and what we can do to overcome that and work through it. Yeah. Never let a crisis go to waste, right? So yes. learnings from everything and it absolutely is a choice. Absolutely is a choice though. And it was interesting, too, because you mentioned in uh, one of our previous conversations that really resonated with me, this concept of doing a few things really well versus being able to do all the things to all the people. And for me, as someone who's really passionate about, and you, obviously, helping other people and getting to know other people, can you share a little bit how you do this and how you find that balance, especially now hearing your story about Mother Teresa? How do you find you want to help people, but you can't help everyone? What do you do? Well, I, you know, whether it's in my personal life or at work, I try to be monomaniacally focused on those few things that I believe will move the dial the further, the fastest, right? Mm -hmm. So things where I feel like I am uniquely positioned to make a difference and that makes my heart sing, like this influencer work, mobilizing employees, I feel like it's all part of my calling. And mm -hmm. so those things that I lean into hard and heavy versus when I see that there's a whole committee of people working on other things, I just let somebody else go shine, right? Because could I jump in and do that? Absolutely. And if it's needed, I will. But, what, you know, we don't all need to do this group groping, right? Like we don't <laughs> all need to be heard or all need to say something to everything. And so I've just disciplined myself to figure out those things that I really am put on here on earth to do. And just make sure I do those, right? And and uh, do it really well because I don't, whatever I do, I want to be like world-class at. I don't accept this middle ground, you know? And so I think the way to do that is to really go deep on a few things. And it's but interesting it too. Yeah, oh, sorry, continue. It takes super discipline because we're in this society, we're trained to be all things to all people. Yeah. And we feel we're missing out if we decline invitation to do xyz and it just takes being secure in your own skin to yeah. say no let that let somebody else take that stage yeah and especially as women as mothers i feel like it's even more so as this be everything to everyone and kind of putting yourself sometimes second which is tough yes yeah no uh, my four children have taught me well around how they need to learn their own lessons you know and so um, I don't want to deprive them of that. 
as hard as it may be to see them fall on their faces, you know. Um, sometimes it's the best gift you can give them is to let people get on, a, on their own feet, you know. D doesn't mean um, you overtly allow someone to fail if you could actually lend a hand, but in some cases, you know, a little knee scrape isn't going to kill anybody, so. <laughs> no, it's true. And you mentioned, too, kind of moving that needle forward, so putting yourself in a position where you can help somebody move that needle forward. And you use this phrase, kind of a year from now, you'll wish you started today. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that is? Because sometimes we just have that fear to get started on something, on something new, on something different or exciting. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm such a believer that, you know, fear is like growth um, clothed in wolf's clothing, right? And so I, I'm just always convinced whenever I procrastinate or I'm fearful to start something, that's more than likely exactly what I need to be doing. So I always think to myself, whether it be at my, you know, funeral, as, as, uh, as morbid as that may seem, or a year from now, more tactical, right? A year from now, what is it that I'm going to have wished I'd, uh, I'd completed? And then I try to work backwards so that today I say, and this is also very helpful in getting disciplined on what are those few things that you want to do really well. So if at the end of the year, I want to make sure all 22,000 employees at Adobe are feeling exceptionally mobilized and engaged and have the tools to evangelize for Adobe. And that's my end goal. And that's what I want my legacy to be around my, my work this year. Then what is it that I need to do today, Friday, August 2nd, to make that happen? And so keeping those like few things, and it's not going to be 10 things I want to do a year from now. And more than likely, it's two to three. So making sure everything I'm doing is in service of that, or at least 80% of the time that I'm spending is in the service of that, keeps me super disciplined. It's nice because you almost, you give yourself this goal or, you know, three goals throughout the year, whatever your time frame is, and then you're almost giving the self check-ins of, is what I'm doing now committed to that goal or is it, you know, somewhere else or over here, or over here? So you're self-checking and disciplining, which I need to work on. I know a lot of like a lot of people do because it's you want to do all these things, but if it doesn't directly correlate to what your end goal is, why are we doing it? Can someone else do it? Can we let that person shine? How you were talking about before. Absolutely. And you know, life happens and goals change. And so if you find that you're doing a series of things that have nothing to do with the things that you declared up front, then see what the pattern is. You know, yeah. what are these things now laddering up to? and declare a new major, right? That people change all the time in college. Why can't we in life? <laughs> exactly. So, if you're do that. It's true. And I'm, I am curious because Adobe is 22,000 people and you're obviously trying to find that influence within the organization. Is there any strategy that you use to find the people that you can rely on the most or that you think will be the best kind of representatives of Adobe? How do you build those relationships? Well, the reality is we need to tap into everyone. Like we can't, we can't afford to just have an elite few. But to your point, some very naturally are akin to this kind of evangelism and advocacy, and they naturally rise through the ranks. You could yeah. see that you put out programming that they just latch onto that, like you know, fish to water, yeah. and 
you want to be able to um, acknowledge that and um, cultivate that and ask them to be champions and liaisons for you. And so that's always been good for a strategy in terms of making sure that they don't see me as the be all end all, that I relinquish a lot of authority and power to these folks who are showing natural affinity to this body of work and that I equip them to be extensions of my team and that they're given autonomy and um, an opportunity to shape where we're going because a lot of times when people can see their fingerprints on a roadmap, they're far more invested and yeah. they will be your biggest supporters. And so I think just that psychology of tapping into what people naturally want to do and help them, you know, shine and get there is, is just a really good way. I think just even the phrase of when people can actually see their fingerprints on this work or on this initiative, we're more likely to advocate for it. Because when I do a lot of work with different companies and organizations, at first it's we think our employees need this or we think they need that, but they're not taking the step back and letting them participate in creating a training or you know those types of things. You're more to advocate for something that you are a part of, which is so important. I have a huge allergy towards people sitting around in room conference rooms pontificating on what needs to be done without yeah. involving people who are at the you know receiving end of this, right? Yes. Who knows than employees what they need to feel em engaged and valued yeah. and um, feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves, right? So, and and our employees are not the least bit shy to let. <laughs> It only takes the asking, right? So, and no, that's incredible. And just what you were saying before our call was about bringing people together from a lot of the diversity and inclusion groups and asking questions, you know, letting them be part of the conversation because if things are being rolled out, you want everybody to be involved. What are we missing? What can we add? How can we better collaborate, include others? Yes, yes. Love it. You know, the diversity of background, diversity of thought. Frankly, it's not just a good way of being in terms of humanity, making sure all people are heard, but companies actually perform better. You put out better product, right? You do better work yep. when you draw on a lot of diverse backgrounds and experiences and thoughts. And that's just proven fact. There's research after research that says homogenous teams versus diverse teams and how diverse teams outperform. I mean, yeah. to the of like hundreds and thousands of percentages higher. Yes. And so why, why fight that? It's just a known thing, right? So oh, I love it. And how can our audience get in touch with you if they're interested in kind of learning more about your work and more about Adobe and the products that you offer? Probably Alyssa Follow. That's great. Um, no, thank you so much. I so following you on Twitter is probably the best way to get in touch with you. And certainly they can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well, but I'm a little bit more trigger happy on tw Twitter. So <laughs> I'm with I you. Think, yeah. <laughs> it's been brief, you know. <laughs> it's truly, truly been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insight. You bet. Thank you so much for having me. And Have to our all things. And to our audience, if you have any questions that you want to ask Ronnie or you have any questions for me or for future episodes, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at not okay, that's okay. Until next time.
Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.